you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what is up? I'm James Coe. You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Joined alongside MG, my boy Marcus Grant, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What's up, man? What's going on? And oh, by the way, no Michael Fabiano today, but in his stead, one Mr. Adam Rank. Let me tell you a little backstory about Adam Rank here. We told him we we're going to do, do the podcast, and he basically threw his weight around. <laughs> he said, hey, you can't have a podcast without me, pal. And so here he is. Hey, Adam, welcome to the show, pal. I was going to have an advocate stand in for me, uh-huh. and then they said I had to be here. I No. So I'm here. That's not true. Is that not how it works? No. Well, Actually, from, what happened? From what I saw was Adam Rake yeah. throwing his weight around and getting his way. What I remember. That's what I saw. What, well, listen, this is the thing. is James Coe walked around and said, I got my podcast today. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That wait. seems a little more accurate, actually. I said, excuse me? And he goes, yeah. I go, am I on that? And they go, no, because they, they were making me like, listen, it's oh, not like I was God. their first choice. MJD canceled. And then they're like, all right. Okay, like Rank looks really sad sitting over there in the corner. <laughs> Like he just he just seems like the kid who was left out. Like I I was the Curtis Painter of the fantasy podcast. The Curtis yeah. Painter. We should, we should point out too yeah. that you yeah. came to the podcast wearing an NFL Shield polo as well. So he was like really giddy, trying to be a team player. Right. I had, I had an NFL balloon. On. Right. Tied to my chair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, we got a big show in front of us today. We're going to be talking about AFC uh, fantasy training camp battles that we have to watch. Uh, we're going to get to your mailbag questions and, of course, week two of our daily daps. We're going to have plenty of those as well. But for now, our very top headlines. And we start in Houston, where Arian Foster suffered a major growing injury and is going to miss at least the first half of the season. 
That according to NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. The initial foster injury was first reported by ESPN Monday, but the severity was not known until today. That is Tuesday. Foster, 28 years old. He's missed 11 games over the last two years. Last year, though, despite missing games, 1,600 yards just about, 13 touchdowns. He was the number five fantasy running back. This my friends, is huge news. Uh, what do we make of the Foster injury? Adam Rank. I was uh, not, well, I was stunned because I was putting together my top 100 list and trying to figure out where Arian Foster was going to mix or figure into the mix. Right. I was a little skeptical of him because, as you said, he's missed a lot of games over the course of his career, and I really didn't want to go all in on him, especially with so many great receivers, and obviously now he goes way down. And the big decision is, what do you do with him? Does he burn up? a roster spot for you for 10 weeks. And we were talking about this earlier off the air. And is it going to be a situation like last year where everybody was holding on to Josh Gordon? Right. Are you just going to hold on to him (laughs) and hope that he's going to come out and not only play in the 2015 season, but that he's going to be good enough to make it worth your while down the stretch run? That, to me, is the huge question. And and what was I saying last year about Josh? I wasn't high on him because, look, it's a – I think it's it's a disrespect to the NFL players to basically say, look, I can miss 10 games, I can miss 10 weeks, and come back and still play at a high level. No, you can't. you got to practice. you got to be Is it shape. hard? <laughs> From what we're told. <laughs> like, I see some of the guys walking around the studios. Here, right. I'm like, really? Like, that's yeah. an NFL player? Okay. All right. No. I would have just yeah. applied myself, could I have? <laughs> I could have. Like, I don't know. Have you seen Maurice Jones-Drew walking around the halls? Okay, he's, you know, he is jacked. He's jacked. But like Ike Taylor, I'm like, look, that's I'm true. Like, I, I go, I could probably. I, have I you shaken? I, have you shook Ike Taylor's hand? Right. He's got a hell because no, he grip. dropped it. And also. <laughs> no sound effects. <laughs> and also, uh, can you run a 4-3-40? That's really what it comes down to. Is that required? That's Roughly. Generally, yeah. Recommended. Right. Right. I can't. I, there's not like. Is there an NFL equivalent of just shooting threes in pickup basketball? <laughs> That's called what being, I would like. It's to called call. being a long snapper <laughs> or, yeah, or kicker. <laughs> I I saw David Bin in person one time. I felt like you know I could do that. Though. Okay. Wow. This All right. Is quite the tangent. Yeah. Exactly. Marcus Grant, <laughs> talk to me. Uh, your take on the Arian Foster injury? Um. You know. I know that you were James a little bit wary of of not Aaron a little Foster. bit you a were, lot. You were a lot wary. My thing with Aaron Foster had been all last year, even though he played in quite a few games, right? That every week it was that game time decision. Sure was. And so now you just wonder how much of this is caught up to him. And I went back and looked, and last five seasons, he has the second most total touches of anybody in the NFL. Ooh. Over 1,500 touches. 1,556 to be exact. The only person who had more total touches was LaShawn McCoy. The only person with more carries in that stretch was Marshawn Lynch. So you just wonder whether or not it's caught up to a guy who's 29 years old who has, has done a lot of work and is, is, you know, he's taken some hits. So now you look at it, and last year I said I wouldn't touch Josh Gordon if his suspension was more than I think six or seven games. It right. was. I let it alone. Now with Arian Foster not coming back potentially until week 10, I'm not doing anything with it. I'm, I'm going to let him be someone else's headache. Um, Wiz, if Foster's around, let's say, 11th round. No, I'm not doing it either. The the 10 games, because we keep throwing around that number to explain it, uh, it seems like Foster's headed for the IR designated to return list, which means right. they put him on IR, but they can bring him back. They'll have to wave somebody else in midseason. He can't come back until after week eight, um, and the Texans have a bye in week nine. So that steals another week of production from you with him, and he's there in week 10. For me, even if it's round 11, maybe 
I don't know, round 15. I would much rather take a shot on a guy that could turn into a Jeremy Hill or an Odell Beckham, and maybe they're not going to play for the first four weeks or something, but if they're going to give me a bigger return on my investment or have a potential earlier in the season, I'd rather use the roster spot on that guy and, and try my luck with Foster on the waivers like week six once he starts practicing again. It, it, it sounds like he's talking about Todd Gurley. Like I would, <laughs> Very good point. There you go. Oh, like I would, I would take the chance on Todd Gurley hoping he's going to miss just six games as opposed to Foster – Who's going to be missing an extended right or Devonte Parker or any of these people that might be coming in with a nagging injury and hope to bank on them getting back and in shape sooner than Foster waiting till week ten. Well, and that's the thing too. You know, you think about when the fantasy playoffs are. Well, if he comes back in week ten, how many weeks you got? Two weeks of He's regular season weeks. play, basically, before you hit the fantasy playoffs, and you're going to be, I mean, bench spots in fantasy, man, especially in fantasy football, are so valuable to just be using that up with an anchor. Uh, like Aaron, I just don't see it, man. I'm with all you guys. I just don't see drafting him at any price. May- maybe 15th round, maybe. But I, I figure somebody else is going to be taking a flyer on him. By the way, this is 12th. our yearly reminder. This is why you wait to have your drafts. Yes. This is yeah. why you don't draft. In- yes, yes, Adam. <laughs> yes, Adam. No, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Right. But doesn't that make it more enjoyable, like, if you – not if you're the guy with Arian Foster. Yeah. But that's that's like real football. I think a lot of us do it because we want to be into the like real football. Now you got to scramble. Am I going to pick up Freddie Blue? What am I going to? Am I who am I looking for on the waiver wire? You know, and it's also cool too because we don't know who's going to win these camp battles. And I, it's easy to be like, well, I'll just I'll just see who wins the Falcons running back. No, dude, you pick. <laughs> you make a decision. You, hey, listen, you watch college football. You see who you. Give a guess. Is it going to be Coleman or is it going to be Devontae Freeman? I know last year I would have picked Devontae Freeman and I would have eaten it. But, you know, that's, I, that is kind of the fun, though, of doing one in July because you're like, you really, have to, you really have to pay attention. Well, it's also, it also speaks out. to if you have a draft, that's why you're very prejudicial against older players. Like, if you had a draft tomorrow, there's no way I'm taking guys like Andre Johnson, Frank Gore. I, I just don't do it. You know what I mean? I, I slide those guys way down the draft board. Um, let's start. Let's talk about Martavis Bryant. In may, I, I, may I ask please, a legitimate please. question? Yes, though? absolutely. Um, does that make you more worried about Marshawn Lynch, considering how much he's run over? I know I predicted it last year and was completely wrong. Yeah, I did as well. I was and on that bandwagon, and I we just completely no, 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 we, no, we, yeah. we all whiffed was, on I, that. I, I, I totally wore that. Yeah, I, I yeah. whiffed on that one. Yep. It, it, but this year, do you look at it again? You're like, um. I would guess no, because he's a cow bear. And, uh, <laughs> James Coe is a blind spot for all cow bears. Fair enough. I do, I do. Although, you know, Marcus, you brought up that list. You also mentioned uh, LaShawn McCoy. There's another guy. Uh, a lot of folks have a lot of question marks about uh, heavy usage as well. I, you know, you mentioned Arian Foster, Marshawn Lynch, LaShawn McCoy. Those are the three guys, three stars, three guys you could take in the first round. Right. Have huge question marks and really could – Basically, upend your season uh, should one of these guys suffer an injury. All right, we move on to Pittsburgh. Uh, Martavis Bryant had elbow surgery Sunday to clean up an infection in his elbow. Bryant is expected to miss eh, less than two weeks. Possibly a bigger story, though, though, is that Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, told Sirius XM NFL Radio that he believes Marcus Wheaton will be the, quote, breakout player of the year. What do we make of these comments? Wiz, we'll start with you. Uh, I think for right now, they're just comments. I mean, we've heard a lot of uh, smoke being blown about Marcus Wheaton this offseason. A lot of the coaches, apparently the beat reporters said, uh, told them that Marcus Wheaton had the best camp and the best offseason so far out of everybody. But uh, if we're looking at these things, I mean, Martavis Bryant is the side speed freak who's been progressing and who actually 
produced on the field, even in limited opportunities last year. So I'm going to wait and see with Marcus Wheaton. I don't think he's that great of a player. I feel like it's more just Roethlisberger trying to pump up his own guy and get him motivated and be like, yeah, man, you can do this. But if I'm putting my chips behind anybody in that offense, it's going to be Bryant. Might be true. You know, you've seen a lot of you've seen uh, Adam. I know you've seen a lot of Oregon State football. That, you know, it reminds me of Oregon State in general. Okay, every year everybody talks up Oregon. Watch, watch the Beavers this year, man. This this is their <laughs> and every year they disappoint. Of course, Mike Riley has gone on to Nebraska. And right, those people and Lincoln will learn that lesson. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> shots way. fired. No, it's not shots fired. It's just telling the facts. Like the the truth is my ultimate defense okay. on that one. The thing is, I, I agree with Alex because. You just want to motivate one of your teammates. And you see somebody who has that rare blend of size and speed and, and all the all the gifts and all the tools who is not putting it together that you've got to give them a little bit of a boot. Like, hey, man, like it's probably frustrating for somebody like Ben Roethlisberger and a lot of the Steelers management and coaches to see somebody who could be so good. Like he should be a superstar. If you've watched him in, 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 for any length of time, you, you look at him and you're like, why is this guy not better than he is? And I just suspect that's what the Steelers are trying to coax out of him with all these reports. Why? Why are we talking about Martin or Marcus Wheaton like he's been in the league for eight years? We talk about him like he's Percy Harvin, <laughs> like he's been in the league forever and just hasn't put it together. This is his third year coming right, up, right? Right. And you know, on the one hand, we sit around we talk about smaller wide receivers yeah. like John Brown and Brandon Cooks and what they could do. And now all of a sudden, like now this small guy in Pittsburgh with this great quarterback and this fantastic offense can't potentially pr- produce. And I, you know, I originally thought. When we talked about this story, that this was a Ben Roethlisberger smokescreen, like an attaboy, you can right. go get him. And then I started to look around, and I thought, you know, I feel like we're not talking about this offense the same way we're talking about the Colts offense in the sense that we look at the Colts. We look at T.Y. Hilton and Andre Johnson and Philip Dorsey. Or Green and, Bay. And, and you like, there are so many mouths to feed. Right. There are a lot of mouths to feed in Pittsburgh. I mean, we know Antonio Brown is going to get his. We know Le'Veon Bell, after his suspension, is going to come back. He's going to get his carries. He's going to get his targets as well. You still have, you know, between Martavis Bryant and Marcus Wheaton and Heath Miller, you've got a lot of mouths to feed. Sure. And I don't see why Marcus Wheaton can't can't prosper. Let, let this man be great. He had more targets. He had more receptions. He had more yards than Martavis Bryant. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> isn't that the crazy also, part? Right. That's the crazy part. He also played in a lot more games. He played in one. He played, okay, he played, what, five more games, six more games? I mean, he played 16 games as opposed to 10. I mean, it wasn't like... It was like Martavis Bryant played four games and all of a sudden had these phenomenal numbers. I will say this. If you look at the roles that these guys play on on the Steelers, Marcus Wheaton is that classic slant guy. He, he, can, he can take a slant and he can go, man. Uh, he was highly productive at Oregon State. Mm-hmm. And you say it. He's got all the tools. And, and that's, again, from watching him play college ball, torching teams like Cal, torching teams like USC. Sorry, Marcus. Yeah, but it's true. Bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. The guy's got skills, man. And, and you look at what he is next to Antonio Brown. He seems to be a nice piece next to Antonio Brown. The reason I'm not as high on Antonio Brown as a lot of folks are, and I know in this room I'm in the vocal minority, I get it. Antonio Brown, fantastic player. He's going to put up stats. Okay, I get you. But he's not going to put up what he put up last year. And a big part of that for me is because Martavis Bryant is going to be stealing a lot of looks on the other side. These guys are going to be running on the outside. There's got to be someone inside, in the middle, underneath. And I think that guy could be Marcus Wheaton. You know, I hear Ben Roethlisberger talking about this, and if he does have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a man crush or a little chemistry with Marcus Wheaton, he could 
produce. You know, I could see Marcus Wheaton being a 14th, 15th round guy and sitting him on your bench and watching him actually do some things, especially in a PPR league. I'd rather hold on to Arian Foster. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd actually be with Rank on that. Over because, wow, Marcus, really? He's, he's going to bum you out. You know what? You, you're a Dodgers fan. I don't want also pull back. a Marcus. I don't want to. I don't want to pull back the uh, curtain. Do remember uh, Ishmael Valdez? Because it sounds like the same thing they used to say about yeah, him. Ishmael like, hey, he's, some, he's, he's a decent still, season. He's still a young guy. He still got. You're like he was like forty. You're like, hey, look, he's, he's I, still got time. I would to turn actually it compare maybe more to the. I think you're thinking more of Darren Dreifert, maybe perhaps. Uh, uh, you know, Dreifert. Yeah, the shocker. Yeah. All right. We go to Green Bay. Can Richard Rogers be a quote top level tie, uh, talent at tight end? That's exactly what Packers assistant Jerry Fontenot told the Green Bay Press Gazette. Uh, second year guy at a, out of. That's right. He started really building a nice chemistry with uh, unrelated Aaron Rodgers late last year. He's earned starting snaps in practice and in training camp, man. Uh, We watch him run some routes. We watch him with some sticky hands, at least on the very few highlights. And he doesn't have many highlights, let's be honest here. But on the few highlights we've seen, looks like a pretty good tight end. Uh, we will go to the resident Wisconsin native. I think you kid defer to from, me. Yes, exactly. Uh, Alex, talk to me a little bit about Richard Rodgers. What, what are we to make of these comments? Um, I mean, you know, they're, the biggest thing, like we talk about the mouths to feed in the Green Bay offense, is are there going to be enough opportunities for him? We know a ton are going to go to Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson. Eddie Lacy's going to get catches out of the backfield. Everybody's talking up Devontae Adams. Uh, the things working in Richard Rodgers' favor are that Corliss got into Andrew Corliss, the other tight end, got into yeah. trouble this offseason. And Rodgers really started to get a rapport with the other Rodgers at the end of last season. Most yep. of his catches came in the second half. He had a good run in the postseason. And um, he was drafted as a pass-catching tight end. So he's getting, developing those parts of his game. Uh, I like him as a, as a flyer late. I know you do as your, as your cowboy. But if you're going to go with two tight ends or try and play matchups, why not get one of Aaron Rodgers' targets and hope for the best? And doesn't Aaron Rodgers seem narcissistic enough that he would want to throw it to a guy named Rodgers? Like he just, he's just so self-satisfied all the time. He's like, oh, I'm just going to throw it to Rodgers. What are you talking about? Oh, he just – okay. It's, it's, it's the Bears fan. Yes, thank what? you. This is why what – is, What was that music for? This is why you're the fantasy heel. Is this – no. Do yes. people uh, – are we still I, – I forget because sometimes I get in a room where people think that Rodgers is a good guy. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. No, I don't mean it in a bad way. <laughs> This is, I just, this I is just, the Fantasy Morals podcast. I like the like, Fantasy Football I, podcast. I just don't think Keep I can ever track. be friends with Aaron Rodgers. Will you just give me a take on Richard Rodgers? Oh, I think it's going to be great. Oh, okay, great. Really? Marcus, <laughs> <Mike. laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with Alex, where if you're drafting him late, if you're taking a flyer on somebody, sure, why not? I just wonder uh, how much he's going to work into the offense this year. I mean, what uh, you look at what Corliss and Rodgers did combined last year. Right. It wasn't really far off from what Eddie Lacy did as a pass catcher last year, so it just makes you wonder if all of a sudden can you count on him to have this big explosion this year, and I'm, I'm not really banking on it. I, mean, I think the bottom line is um, tight end is a position that's heavily touchdown dependent. It doesn't matter who you are. I mean, you could be Jimmy Graham. You're still very touchdown dependent. Um, maybe maybe a little less so for Jimmy Graham, but the bottom line is you know, you, you got to catch some touchdowns to be productive in fantasy uh, for a tight end because you're not going to get that many yards. So we talk about the limited number of opportunities – not quite as concerned, especially at the tight end position. I could see him having a Dwayne Allen type season. I don't think that's too far off. I could see him having putting up, you know, seven hundred yards, six, seven, eight touchdowns. I don't think that's bad. If you take Richard Rodgers in the fifteenth round, 
You've lost nothing. You've lost absolutely nothing. There's going to be five or six guys. I take him in uh, fifteen. He puts up those kind of numbers. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> he's I'm one. Of, he is one of my. He's one of my uh, sleeper specials. And we're going to get to the to the other guy um, uh, in Virgil Green later. But uh, but yes, uh, one of those two guys I'm going to be drafting in, in all formats. All right, let's talk about your top AFC fantasy training camp battles to watch. Uh, we might as well hit it. Uh, let's talk about the Broncos tight end position. Owen Daniels versus Virgil Green. I'm big on Virgil Green this year because he's still a relative unknown. The, the The masses don't know a whole heck of a lot about Virgil Green. Let me tell you a little something about him. 6'5", 255, ran a very good 4'6'40". He has a 42-inch vertical. And he also played college ball with, uh, with uh, Colin Kaepernick at uh, the University of Nevada. But he is an excellent athlete. Uh, I know Owen Daniels knows the system a bit, but man, I'm putting all my chips behind Virgil Green. Am I crazy? No, not at all. Owen Daniels, just it because of the familiarity, not only with the offense, but I think for fantasy enthusiasts as they're going through their draft, right. there's a name they know. Yep. It's like you're in a you're in a town you've never been in before. You see a McDonald's, you're like, okay, at least I know what I'm getting. Like, right. Safe. It's a safe. Like every once in a while, you got to you know what? I'm gonna go hit the greasy spoon. I'm gonna go see what that place. You could be stumbling into one of the greatest places of all time, and that's what could happen here. I like the athleticism, and as you said, we're we're you're basically banking on touchdowns at the tight end position, and this is an athletic guy who can go up and get the ball. I'll take my chances with him, and instead of Owen Daniels, who might be. Might be on the downside of his career. Uh, Marcus, I know it, that's a bold statement. <laughs> going out on a limb, Adam Rank. Uh, Marcus Grant, I, I mean, look, am I crazy in making comparisons between Virgil Green and Julius Thomas? Yeah. <laughs> because they were on the roster at the same time, and if he's all this Good great point. and all this athletic, you know, if he had all this athleticism, it was so Good great. Point. Why is it that he didn't beat out Julius Thomas when they were basically coming into the league at the same time? I mean, exactly. they were on equal footing at some point, and Thomas surged ahead. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, what do you think about this uh, this battle here? Who who's got the the leg up in your mind, Alex? Uh, I don't know. It's not a great battle. I'm not too keen on Owen Daniels. Like you said, he's he's older. Uh, Virgil Green has some some chances. Uh, does anybody else remember when we were talking about Virgil Green's athleticism that they ran a couple tight end draws out of the backfield to Virgil Green the That's last amazing. couple of years? He had two carries for three yards last season. Hey, not very effective. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch the tight end draw out of oh, the playbook. Oh, but he's he's a young guy. Oh no, yeah. Let's I'm, quit acting like he's eight years. This is his fifth year. Actually, it's his fifth year in the league. He's, year not, in the league. he's actually not that he young. Back in free agency. Uh, Listen, he's just been he's just been in there for five years. Why are we condemning this poor young man who's just finding his way? All right, another AFC training cap battle that we're all looking at. Um, it's always interesting to talk about running back battles, and we'll start in Cleveland. Browns running back battle. Isaiah Crowell, will the crow fly free? Or is it Terrence West, last year's third-round draft pick? Or is it this year's? Uh, early round draft pick in Duke Johnson. Where did Duke Johnson get drafted? First round? He wasn't a first rounder. Third, was he? No. third rounder? So another third rounder in Duke Johnson. So Isaiah Crowell, Terrence West, Duke Johnson. Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, well, uh, this battle is just disgusting to follow right now in training camp. It's rough. First we heard Terrence West wasn't going to get any starting reps, and he leads the starting reps in OTAs. Now we're hearing from ESPN that he's on thin ice because of maturity and weight issues, and now – Duke Johnson's got a hamstring injury that might keep him out for two weeks. So I think the one, if you're going to, you know, 
look at anybody and like those middle rounds first on the list should be Crowell because he's got a nose for the end zone and he was on film looked like the most effective running back out of that group but man there's going to be production to be had out of this group but this might be the most frustrating fantasy backfield in 2015 I would agree Marcus Grant I feel like this is about arguing like what is the tastiest brand of mayonnaise I mean it's just <laughs> none They're none gross. right it's just like what? at the end of the day you might pick one but none of them none of them treat you really am well. I the, am I the only I'm offended by that I love mayo uh, it's off. No, it's disgusting. Wow. I mean, OJ what? OJ mayo. That's about the only mayo I can get behind. Oh, stop it. Uh, how? Wait. How about if we called it aioli? No, yeah, still we're still off. not. We're still not on board. Still uh, doesn't taste great. Yeah. I don't like eggs personally. <sighs> well, and it's not a. Tra- to- People always get upset when I tell them I don't like eggs. They're like, "How dare you?" I'm like, "It's not like I chose it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking a moral stand against eggs. I'm just physically repulsed by it." <laughs> Believe me, my life would be easier if I liked eggs. I'm Browns saying. running back. Battle. I mean, I think Crowell wins it. I think he's. I mean, as as you know, we talked to Albert Breer on on uh, ITC Fantasy Spotlight. Today. That's right. Uh, and you know, you mentioned that right now Crowell's in the lead simply because he's the one who's there. I mean, with West Hurt, with Duke Johnson being held out, he's in the lead. But when the season starts, you know, they're going to run a couple of three guys through there. It'll be Crowell. It'll be Duke Johnson. Who knows? They may right, go so, and try to re get Ben Tate. So where do you take a guy like Isaiah Crowell? Where do you take a guy like Duke Johnson? Because here's the thing. Duke Johnson may very well win the starting uh, running back position later in the season. Week three, week ten. I'm not exactly sure, but Duke Johnson certainly has a talent yeah. uh, to be a starter. But, I mean, if you're talking about waiting until week ten for him to get the starting job, I mean, I, I don't think I would go after Duke Johnson before round like eight, maybe nine. Okay. You know, How Crowell, about Isaiah Crowell? Crowell, probably six or seven. Mm. See, I just I'm not inspired by what we're seeing out of Isaiah Crowell, and it kind of reminds me of the Ravens situation last year, where they had who was the curtain jerker they had? I can't Bernard. They had Bernard uh, Pierce, Pierce Lotari Farrow, Forsett. They had all those guys in front of them, and you're looking at them, and none of them were inspiring much confidence. Okay. But Justin Forsett, you knew at some point when he was going to get an opportunity, he was going to go out and play pretty well. You know why? Cal running Cal back. Cal running back. Okay. See, that's the thing. You want the Cal running backs. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to. Okay. <laughs> but I will say this. If you look over and under, understandably right now, the co- the uh, the Browns coaching staff are pretty disappointed that Duke Johnson is not on the field. But you know what? It's the early part of August. Right. Odell, and I, I know this is going to be the unfair comparison forever. Now, like, hey, Odell, Odell oh, Beckham oh. Jr. didn't play in August. <laughs> it's like nobody needs to play in August ever again. But <laughs> right now it looks bad for Duke Johnson, but I feel like once you get into week three, He's going to be the guy that you want. So when you're in your draft, when you're choosing your running back, like I'm trying to think, I'd have Isaiah Crowell somewhere, like probably in the 70s or 80, like in the top 100, where you're looking at it, you're like, I might as well pick another receiver, wait a round or two, and then go after Duke Johnson because I feel like a month into the season, I'm going to be much more happy with that selection. Would you like Duke Johnson? Is a good uh, draft price for him, the eighth round? Is that a good draft price for him? We're pushing it. Okay. And it depends on the availability of who else is out there sure. and how your draft is going. But, yeah, that's when I just start throwing haymakers. That's when I'm like, I'm just swinging. So, 10th round, you're super confident. I, absolutely. I, I 10th round, rather... a good grade? I don't mind it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> a lot of confidence in that. Not a lot of confidence uh, in I'm endorsing. I said yes in the eighth. Ah. That's a solid endorsement. <laughs> that's a good point. 
That's a good one. Not a lot of confidence, though, uh, in the Cleveland back. Uh, you know, the thing I think about the Cleveland backfield, though, that scares me, Terrence West, they did invest a third-round pick on the guy. Are they going to really abandon Terrence West uh, this early in the process? I know generally in the NFL it's best man up. I get it. But you know what? There are financial implications uh, in the NFL starting rosters as well. Any player will tell you the exact same thing. If a team invests a first-round draft pick, they're more invested than a second-round draft pick, more invested than a third. So Terrence West being selected in the third round bodes well for him. I think he's still going to get opportunities. This is a backfield, man, that I am just absolutely avoiding. I I just can't see myself drafting any you're also, running back. But you're also talking about a franchise that spent the first round pick on a quarterback, and they say that he is far away from being a starter right now. I mean, but they're, he they're also starting, went to rehab. They're though. starting Josh McCown <laughs> over Johnny Manziel, and it's not good even point. close. Good point. Very good point. But I'll, but I will say this: I don't think Terrence West, West went to, to to rehab. So I think not I that think we're aware. Probably, no. Not that we're aware. All right, let's move on to uh, Tennessee. The Titans running back situation. This is interesting, man. Bishop Sankey. They spent a first-round draft pick on Bishop Sankey. And second. Second-round draft pick on Bishop Sankey. And here's David Cobb uh, coming out of Minnesota. And he's going to be pushing Bishop Sankey. Uh, Bishop Sankey was not very productive last year. Adam Rank, where do you see this training camp battle going? I'm going with David Cobb. Because going into last season, we all talked about at great length that the big thing holding back Bishop Sankey was his pass protection. That it, it just wasn't good. Right. You know? and, and at the end of the season, Pro Football Focus puts out the reports of pass protection amongst running backs. Sankey was near the bottom, as we expected, and I don't expect that to improve this season. And David Cobb's got – he's got some skills. He had he had some great – you know, we didn't get to see a lot of him at Minnesota and everything like that, but he is somebody who – Highly productive there. Highly productive, and I think Ken Wisenhunt is the kind of no-nonsense guy who – he doesn't care where you were drafted or anything like that. If You remember back in his career at, at, uh, with the Cardinals, he put Matt Leinart on the bench even though he was a high first-round draft pick. Right. I'm going to go with the guy who can help me win – Again, in this instance, I expect David Cobb to win that job, and I expect him to be the starting running back. Oh, That's by the way, I keep forgetting to mention, uh, we keep talking about drafting and average draft price and where you should take guys. You could do mock drafts right now. Go to NFL.com slash fantasy. Uh, sign your league up right now, and you could also be doing mock drafts as well. There's a whole draft kit there. If you want to know rankings, we got that there. We've got research up the wazoo there, man. NFL.com slash fantasy. Sign up right now. Do your mock drafts. Sign up your league. You won't. Regret it. All right. I know you, Alex Gelhar, are a huge David Cobb fan. Uh, has he shown anything? I know it's very early in the process, but has he shown anything to you that would shake your belief in that? Uh, no. I, well, it's funny. The first day of uh, Titans training camp, I saw some tweets from the beat reporters saying that Cobb was getting chastised a little bit by coaches um, for messing up a few things in pass protection. But uh, I just read a big write-up from Jim Wyatt, who writes for the Titans.com yep. today, and he had said that, uh, Wizenhunt was impressed with Cobb and said he, he needs to improve a couple technique things, but his his head is there, and uh, he praised his vision and his quick feet, things that Bishop Sankey lacked last year in you know droves. So I still really love Cobb to win this backfield. Uh, I'm not alone in that. Apparently you do. Daniel Jeremiah, our great uh, draft analyst here, loved Cobb, said he could be the potential offensive rookie of the year in this offense. Wow. Uh, so Cobb is a they guy. have a great line. Wow. Cobb is a guy that I'm targeting a lot at the end of drafts. I mean, he's I guess he's like Marcus's ride or die guy. He's one of mine. I, uh, <laughs> I'm i not impressed with Bishop Sankey. Okay. I love what Cobb brings to the table. He's not flashy, but I think he's going to get it done. I mean, this is a team last year, like 
Bishop Sankey, it was almost like Ken Wisenhunt was trying to find ways to not give him carries at the end of the year. Is there uh, any oh, way? Oh, he was, yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah. It didn't appear that way. No. Uh, it just happened. <laughs> Is there any way that uh, this becomes a committee? I mean, that's definitely a possibility, but I think in the end, talent wins out, and hopefully that uh, Cobb rises to the top of that pile. If this turns into the NBA where they're trying to tank for the top pick, then Bishop <laughs> yes. Sankey starts, Bishop Sankey starts oh, and gets 40 carries. <laughs> um, Marcus, is there anything to like about Bishop Sankey here? Uh, God, I feel like we're piling on the guy. Yeah, I mean, look – it's year two, you know, so so there's always a chance that, that he grows, that he gets a little bit better, that you know, he figures out what he did wrong. So, I mean, sure, there's always a possibility that is, but, you know, obviously with what happened last year, there's no guarantee that he jumps in and gets these carries. Can I get a stat project, uh, projection from you in regards to David Cobb? Uh, While you think about that, I just have to say I find it funny that the self-proclaimed fantasy skeptic appears to be the fantasy optimist today. Yes. He's still young. He can <laughs> learn. <laughs> Don't write him off. Look, he asked me to say something nice about Bishop Sankey. You know, I'm trying. All here. right, all right, all right. Um, if, so stat projection for David Cobb, I, I, I think you're looking in the area of probably – 750 yards rushing, uh, you know, maybe three or four touchdowns. Um, you know, I, I still think this Titans But that's offense, for Sankey or for, for, for Cobb? For Cobb. Oh, okay. For Cobb. That's, not, take very, the that's over not very on good. That. That's um, not very good. I, 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 I don't – I mean, honestly, don't really think – I know they have a good offensive line. I don't think much of the Titans' offense at the moment. Very good know? point. <laughs> I think that, that right now this offense is going to struggle. <laughs> you know, I mean, Marcus Mariota's uh, – you know, I mean, he's a nice piece. But sure. They still have issues at the wide receiver position. They still have issues in the backfield. Like, I just don't think this is an offense that's going to prosper. Okay. So, basically 803 or four? Three or four touchdowns, yeah. Oof, yeah. Man, that's rough. That's rough. Uh, Alex Gelhard, do you think that's a, a, a too conservative? Uh, I, about I, on? I or? would take the over. It wouldn't surprise me if I was wrong because Ken Wisenhunt has done that to us in the past, but uh, I would take the over. All well, right. Wisenhunt needs to win a bunch of games, and he's got to protect a quarterback. So, I could see him just saying, you know what, we're going to run this, we're going to run him about 30 times a game. Don't care about his future, but we're going to win six games this year just so there's some progress so I can keep my job. All right, good point. Let's talk about the Jets' backfield. Chris Ivory, Stephen Ridley, Zach Stacy, and the great Bilal Powell. Is there anyone in this group? I mean, forget about who wins the starting job. Is there anyone in this group you would actually draft? Absolutely. Who? Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory. Yeah. Oh, man. Take, him, take him in a heartbeat. Uh, what Chris round? Chris Ivory? Yeah. Like the, in this Duke Johnson Pass. range we're taking, he's falling it's, to like round ten in drafts. He's a top twenty fantasy running back. It's like when year. you're on a road trip and you're looking through your buddy's music collection, and the best CD he has is like Collective Soul. <laughs> it's like it's not offensive. It's not like I don't hate it. Uh huh. I don't really like it either. Um, I will take any upside player over. What's what is not to like, like about like, his upside? All right, give it to me. Tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, he's he's never had more than 200 carries, and he's still produced in those seasons with that. He's okay. got over a f- four yards per carry average for his career, okay. and he's going to be playing with the best offensive pieces around him in his career in New York. Uh, Ridley's coming off an ACL. Bilal Powell is Bilal Powell, and right. Zach Stacy got traded for basically a bag of peanuts <laughs> and an expired Bud Light. So it's going to be Chris Ivory that is going to win the lead spot in this backfield and probably produce an RB2, RB3 level of uh, oh. fantasy output. And you, you can, get, you like, can get him super late. Now you sound like my friend trying to sell me on Collective Soul. Okay. <laughs> Heaven let your light shine down. It's a great song. 
I mean, I, I've lost everybody. I'm sorry. There's, no, it's okay. there's a kid back there who's like Googling. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a band from the 90s. Okay. I, I get it. Heaven let your light shine down. I know. I know. Oh, look Sully. at Sully. Sully, yeah. Yeah. Sully jumping in. Oh, I was Sully. born in the 90s. Okay. Now we have it. to pay the ass cut for that. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> be too long. All right. So, okay. First of all, I'm going to stay with, stay with you, Alex. Uh, Chris Ivory, give me a good draft price for him. What's his ADP right now? His ADP right now, hold on, I think I wrote this down, is round 10. Okay, round 10. So do you think that's a good price for him? I think that's a steal Uh, right there. Wow, okay, that's a a bit of a reach for me. But give me a stat projection if you think that's a steal. Uh, Hold on, let me pull up his recent numbers. I'd say he gets in the range of like... 1,006? You know, maybe, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe-ish. Ooh. That's what I'm saying. He's never had more than 850. He's 833 is his career high. So Six a, touchdowns is career high. Okay, so 1,006 for Alex. You're going to take – you're definitely <laughs> – the look on Marcus's face right now, man. You're taking the under. Yeah, I mean, like, my projections for, for Chris Ivory are, are only slightly better than what I had for David Cobb. I mean, <laughs> okay, like, great. if we're not running out to get David Cobb, I'm not yeah. running out to get Chris – I mean, I, he's the guy on that team that I would draft – but again, he's I mean, like would my, you he's though? My, he's like my fourth running back at eight with eight fifty and f- like what, what are you thinking? Eight fifty and five? I mean, at eight fifty and five, you're going to draft this guy? I'm not drafting that dude. I mean, yeah, I mean, but by the time you're drafting him, think about the running backs that are going to be left on the board at that point. <sighs> Scraps. It is. It's it's like fighting over that last little shriveled up piece of pizza. And you can get a guy that was a top twenty back last year in a better offense with a better coordinator. Uh, at that same price, you're going to take Hail Marys on Duke Johnson maybe turning into something yes. in week four or something? I absolutely would do that. I'd rather take a good hand. It's, Give me Nile Davis it's over. Not, it's not like Chris oh. Ivory's old either. Like, oh, no, not, here it goes. <laughs> bringing Marks' argument. <laughs> he's got time. He can, no, I sense a theme today. <laughs> I don't know. Rank, what do you think? He's starting to convince me. I, I, right? Because yeah. there is a second, yes. collect- is. There's a second collective soul song that I like. Oh, <laughs> it's like geez. it's like for to make it a little oh, more recent. Rate. I would I would consider Chris Ivory like the Hoobastank CDs that are on my <laughs> shelf. I own three of them, and I'm I just, not ashamed to admit I just, it. Oh. I still only, like yeah. Hoobastank. They're not a good collective band. Collective soul and Hoobastank have made the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on. It's it's not only the fact that we're referencing these old bands. <laughs> It's that we're talking about CDs again, which he's like, what the hell is this CD? Right. I had to buy the whole thing? Like, that's it? That's what? Yeah. I, I buy one song for $1.29, and that's it. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Let's go down to South Beach, uh, the Dolphins running back situation. An interesting one for me. Lamar Miller, Jay Ajayi. Uh, there was a time before the medicals came out that Jay Ajayi was widely considered um, a top three or four uh, running back. Uh, from college. So, uh, obviously, his medicals came back not so great. I've been on record many, many times saying, who really cares about the future? Fantasy is a one-season game, unless you're in a keeper or whatever it might be. But uh, I like Jay Ajayi uh, coming into this year. That is until I realized that Lamar Miller is in a contract year and then threw on 15 pounds of muscle. Now I'm torn. Now I don't know what to do uh, because, again, you're talking about a guy I'm very uh, you know, I, I love taking young guys with upside. I saw JHI as a guy I could maybe take in the 13th, 14th round and then maybe see some huge profits. I don't know. But that being said, Lamar Miller, I, he's starting to grow on me. What do you mean you don't know what to do? Draft Lamar Miller. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think it's pretty cut and dry. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. There's there's no love at all for JHI, huh? 
I like JJ a lot, but I think this year this year is not his year. It's Lamar Miller. That like I said in the last podcast, yep. they're probably gonna ride him into the ground. He's gonna get more work. He's gonna get himself a contract elsewhere. He put on the muscle. Uh Alex Gelhart is very convincing. He's a very convincing young man. My parents told me I should be a lawyer when I was a kid. <laughs> All right, fantasy football. And, and looking, at, looking at the money that Ted Wells got off of the recent NFL thing he was working on, maybe I should have listened to that. <laughs> yeah, that's probably should have. But I wouldn't be on this podcast, so I'm glad to be here with you guys. There you go. Lamar Miller, oh, J.H. Yeah, I know, exactly. Uh, Lamar Miller, where, where do you I, have him in your top 100, and uh, where, where, what's a good draft price for him? I'm really excited about him, and he's – in my again, when I was putting together my running back rankings, I was surprised at myself. Like, gosh, am I really going to rank him this high? Am I going to put him way up there? And I'm like, yeah, I feel comfortable with it. Okay. And you know, and it's, it's not just him. That offense is going to be a lot better. Ryan Tannehill, one of the most underrated quarterbacks, both in fantasy and reality. They've added a lot of good pieces. Uh, Kenny Stills stretches a defense pretty well. I do like that. Uh, Devontae Parker liked him at Louisville. Uh, if he can come back healthy and produce a little bit. And getting rid of Mike Wallace also helps. So all those things are positive that I expect the Dolphins to go out there, surprise some people, both in reality and in fantasy. By the way, can I uh, can I hit you with some breaking uh, running back news Please. here on the podcast? Oh, man. Hit me. Our, our own Rand Getlin, NFL Media's Rand Getlin, yeah. just uh, tweeted moments ago. Okay. Pierre Thomas is on his way to visit the Texans. Plan is for him Uh-oh. to work out for the oh, team I like it. on oh. Wednesday. Steven Jackson's mad at somebody, though. Well, he, he should have sent up the bet signal. He, he sent it up over Dallas. He should have put it up over Houston. You know? He should be mad at Father Time more than anybody else. <laughs> Pierre Tom, the PT Cruiser, uh, may be getting a little love in Houston. That's interesting. All right. What's the deal with Kyrie Robinson? Um, Chilling what, in New Orleans uh, behind like Mark nobody, Ingram and uh, Spiller. Uh, but nobody wants to trade for him? Like Nobody's putting out something like it's it. The NFL. It's Trades the NFL. Trades don't happen. Right. It right. just seems like he's. I mean, too I know you're. Good I know you're giddy to... over the baseball trade deadline that just happened, oh but this God. doesn't. Uh, it doesn't really work that way in the NFL. It was amazing. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> it was so David Price is in Toronto. I want to talk about a couple of uh, rookies. We'll let that go, and we'll start in KC. The Chiefs' number two receiver bat, obviously Jeremy Macklin, the number one there, but number two is up for grabs. Albert Wilson, Chris Conley, Jason Avant, DeAnthony Thomas, all in the mix. Uh, I, I've again, put all my chips behind this uber-athletic freak in Chris Conley. I look at Chris Conley and I said, this guy can have a Martavis Bryant year next year. He ran a 4.3540. He's fast. He's 6'2". He's 2.15. He's big. He has a 45-inch vertical. You're telling me when you get down into the red zone, this guy's not going to fight for jump balls? This guy can get up there and grab some scores. Now, I get it. The running joke, KC doesn't throw to wide receivers. Alex Smith is there. Okay, all right, I get it. But the bottom line is – It's not a running joke when it's an actual (laughs) fact. When it's a fact. (laughs) It's not an exaggeration. They literally, not figuratively, Uh they literally did not throw – a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. Last year. And I get it. Jeremy Macklin's going to look at some double teams. Chris Conley should see some one-on-one cover. I don't know, man. Look, uh, am I projecting him to have a huge year? No, but Martavis Bryant didn't have a huge year last year, but he did impress in some weeks. That's the kind of season I see uh, for a guy like Chris Conley. Super frustrating, and you'll never know when to start. <laughs> yep. I will say this. There's going to be a three-week stretch while I'll start him confidently, 
and I'll get two weeks of good production, and I'll get a week of horrible production. Is he going to be one of those daily fantasy guys that you can go in and get for a uh, low price, maybe a little danger zone? I like it. You know Chris Conley's going to be in the danger zone this year. He's going to live in the danger zone. First of all, who put Jason Avant on this list? I don't know. Just, it, uh, elves? I, I, I don't mean, know. Like, I, it, I mean, I get it. We're just like going. <laughs> down, <laughs> he's, we're he's just going down the list of he's wide receivers. Still a young guy. <laughs> he's got some things to prove. <laughs> I mean, you know, I will say this. Uh, yeah, I was after draft. I was kind of on the Chris Conley bandwagon. I have to say, our own Matt Harmon has kind of gotten me on the Albert Wilson hype train. I've seen Uh-oh. a lot like Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson was like the greatest kept secret, and then Matt Harmon had to out him with his great sophomore wide receiver series. I mean, yeah, he's as much of a kept secret as you could have with a Chiefs wide receiving core right. that was milk toast at best last right. year. So why Albert Wilson? Um, I, I do like his athleticism. I've been kind of been watching a little bit of him. I, I think he does some good things on the field, and... Look, with Jeremy Macklin there, obviously he's going to be the primary target in that offense with, uh, with with probably Travis Kelsey as the number two option. I think there's a chance for a guy like that to prosper, and I think Chris Conley maybe is a year or so away. I think I think he's going to need that one year to kind of get seasoned, to get a little bit of experience under his belt, whereas Albert, Albert Wilson already has that going for him. Yeah. All right, so again, uh, those are some of your top AFC fantasy training camp battles that we are watching for. We got so many more, but we can't get to them all in just one podcast. Uh, and again, sign up today, can NFL. We, try? Do- we can try. Let's Let's squeeze go. in we- one or two more. We oh, can do it. Okay, Come on, fine. Oh wait, do we got to go to the mailbag? Well, we can. We have the mailbag. We've got daily daps. But you know what? Let's, all right, let's, let's go. Let's- it's, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Oh, hey, hey, super listen, quick, big listen. timer. Listen, I get it, big timer. You want to run the ship? Okay, that's Apparently fine. There's one Let's you go. wanted to talk about. Which one? Did what you do you talk want to do? I don't know. I was surprised. <laughs> I don't. How <laughs> dare you? Okay. I was looking at this thing. Okay. It says Colts number three receiver. Yes. Who is their number two receiver? Because if it's that would Dre, be Andre Johnson, Johnson. Dre, I'm leaving. It's Dre. <laughs> Come on. How is it who not Andre it, who Johnson? Else would it be? Oh who? God. I don't understand. What's going? No. Why? He's done. He's done. It's over. He looks was, great in camp. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's great in August. How is it? I How many fantasy How is he points done? Do get in August? He's, I'm confused. He's old. Who's the number two? He's still young. He's still, he's still working his <laughs> way in the league. He's still this. <laughs> Dante Moncrief. Okay, he's the number two. That guy. He's a beast. That's going to be the guy who's going to step up this year, and everybody's going to be like, what? Where did this guy come from? Wait, so does that mean Philip Dorsett doesn't even see the field? Is that what's going on? I, I, I don't know. I'm... I'm done with Andre Johnson. I, I think it's a nice story. You think it's going to be? I'm glad that he's going to go try to, you know, ride it. It's it's very Carl Malone like, where he's just uh-huh. going to go. This I'm is Carl go, Malone, the Lakers. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to my chief rival and uh-huh. see if I can win maybe it. train a, a title out of this, and then it's going to blow up, and he's going to be. I don't know the, just, the Adam Rank tree, uh, wide receiver trio. Like it's it's been if, I, if I'm understanding you, it's going to be T. Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief on the outside, and Philip Dorsett inside. That's fun. Yeah. I like that. No Andre Johnson to be yeah, fast. It's not, cool. not going to be that. <laughs> He'll be Andre there. Johnson is going to produce. He'll be fist pumping people. He'll be sitting there in a Colts t-shirt, uh-huh. a flat build cap. Absolutely. Like Being like, yeah. Nah, he's a little too old for the flat brim, though. That's true. I, you know, he's going to put a little bend in. I, I still wear a yeah. flat build cap. Well, you're from the ocean. My wife, from- my wife was trying, my wife was like, you're a father now. You have to put like, <laughs> you have to bend the no, bell no, no, no. Your cap. Also, you're a white guy from the OC. So I'm from the, I'm from the nine five one. Okay, I'm not from Orange. You're you're Corona's finest. Corona. No? Okay. Yes. Right. That's also, the Empire. 951 also, didn't exist when you were a kid. That's very true. Right. I'm you're from, from the, the 715. You're from the 909. No, no, no. No? 
never was part of the 909. All right, listen. Seven yeah, one. Four. The bottom line is, if you're from the IE anyways, okay. you're still going to be rocking the flat. Okay, yeah, I did. That's right. Okay. Good. All right. Tell me. <laughs> He's like, good. Thank God. Like, it was worse. This is getting really grand. People are like, what the hell are these numbers yeah. they're talking I don't, about? They I don't know. area codes yeah, in yeah, Southern exactly. California. All right, listen. Uh, so uh, you, I, I could tell that you disagree wholeheartedly here, Alex. I like Andre Johnson. I think he still got something left to prove, and he wants it. He All right, so who's Troy? I, I like him as a person. I like him as a player, too. <laughs> I think he's a clear number two. Who do you all, But who also do you like here? Uh, in that group? Yes, I, but Dante Moncrief or Philip Dorsett? Let me flip four coins and tell you. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. I like Moncrief. I liked yeah. him last year. Then I like Philip Dorsett, and they added him. They're going to re-sign T.Y. Hilton. They've got all those tight ends. I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a it's a quandary to say the least. I don't see how Philip Dorsett produced. He does exactly the same thing as T.Y. Hilton. I I just don't get it. He's a small speedster who catches long balls downfield. I, I think they, they will put him out there and he will he will run wind sprints. I, and it's fine. I mean, but that's that's really hit or miss from a fantasy perspective. Is it, he's going to have a couple games, right, where it's going to be a two yeah. catch, hundred yard, and one touchdown. He's going to have a couple. of And games, if right? you happen to plug him in that day, well, hooray for you. Right, he's All a right. good he's a good last round flyer in like MFL tens and best ball leagues. But otherwise, steer clear for now. He's a daily fantasy, intriguing daily Ooh, fantasy yeah. player as well. Um, all right, so Adam Rank, is it okay if we move on? Is, it, is that let's, all right? Let's is that okay thinking. with you? Hold on, I'm thinking. He's on his phone right now. Sully, can no, we do some mail? I, I want to, you know, I'm sorry. I just want to do my due diligence and make <laughs> All right, we're moving on here. Let's go. Let's do the mailbag. Yeah, Our Ray first Johnson's question. 34. Come on. You got mail, baby. Woo! In the early third round, this is from Lewis Helms, at Lou Helms. In the early third round, he asked you, Alex Gelhard, directly. Oh. I often get this same problem in mock. Green, Cobb, or Alshon. I feel like we don't talk about AJ Green enough. We should be. I feel like the the Andy Dalton slander has, you know, AJ Green's become an innocent bystander in that. <laughs> I do. I think, you know, as we like, sit around and we always slander Andy Dalton uh-huh. every single week, and then somehow uh, it, it has devalued AJ Green, which you look at the rest of that receiving core. I mean, Mohamed Sanu really didn't produce last year when Green was hurt. I mean, I know Marvin Jones is back, but he's certainly not on the level of AJ Green. Go Bears. Um He's still a top ten receiver, man. Uh, you know, I, I I feel like with I, I like Randall Cobb, I like Alshon Jeffrey, but uh, I feel like people are are devaluing AJ Green a little bit. Sometimes, you know, we talk about upside, and I know a lot of times, I you know, we point to younger guys, unproven dudes that we just don't know enough about, and we say, oh, this guy's got upside. You know, AJ Green for where he's going in drafts. He had an injury-riddled season last year. This is a guy where if you take him at the end of the second round, early third round. He could provide huge profits for you. Absolutely, and he's one of the few. I think it's he's the number. I'm sorry, I'm not going to say this right. Randy Moss had a thousand yard seasons his first six years. AJ Green is right behind him. He's done it four. So he's he's in elite company, and of course, like you said, with Red Dalton as the quarterback, everybody just looks at the playoff failures uh-huh. and says, "Oh yeah, why are you smiling?" <laughs> Is you? I like it when you call guys Red Dalton and whatnot. It's it's funny to me. That's his name, right? No, it's not. Just keep okay. going. All right. But no, but they make fun of him because of his playoff failures. But right. look, Peyton Manning failed in the playoffs for years, and Colts receivers and Broncos receivers still went up and put fan, put up fantasy points. So Hashtag truth. Don't even don't sweat it. Like who cares? <laughs> like yeah, we'll we'll gather in July or January and have fun at the uh, Bengals' expense. But until that time, we will uh, win fantasy championships. With AJ Green. That being said, I'm going to pick Alshon Jeff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears fan surprise. I think uh, I would. T- I would take Green first out of them as well. 
The last two years before his injury-riddled season, he was the fourth highest-scoring fantasy wide receiver in each of those years. Even his rookie year, he was a top 15 year. That's the what only, I'm saying. The only thing that held him back was the injuries. He's going to be a stud again. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Uh, it's it's interesting to me because he's a guy that's outside of the top five wide receivers yet can really – I mean, he's got potential. He's got such athleticism. He could produce top three wide receiver numbers. I really believe that. But I do see what you're saying with Alshon Jeffrey. He's He's got a man crush, obviously, or excuse me, uh, Jay Cutler has a man crush uh, with Alshon. So I, I could see either one of those two guys. Cobb knocked down a little bit because he's the number two wide receiver uh, in that offense. Just barely, but yeah. Yes. He's going to be very productive. All right. From Raul at Hancholo666. <laughs> Han. Han Cholo. Six six. That's a cold read. My bad. All right. Uh, is Trey Mason a definite handcuff when drafting Gurley? That seems like a yes or no. Yes. Question. All question. kinds of yes. All kinds of yes. And I like Gurley a ton. I, I say no because uh, you're going to have to get them too close together, and then you're just going to be stuck playing, you know, yeah, guessing games with which one's going to play. All right. Well, fine then. Where, where do you take a Trey Mason? What round do you take him in? I don't know. Now with Gurley being healthier, take Trey Mason in like nine, ten still because it might be a committee. I think it's a good price. Nine, That's fair. That's oh, fair. I like it. I like Gurley a lot, though. Yeah, me too. All right, Shane. I can't even pronounce his last name. Fakima? Sure. That's yeah, a good, good yeah, guess. Sounds good to me. Made. All right. Who is this year's OBJ? Basically, I'm looking for a guy that goes undrafted in most leagues but could blow up. Okay. Let's let's put the brakes on this, like, the next OBJ sort right. of thing. Like, we don't have to, he, I, like, it doesn't have to be a rookie. This is just somebody that's going to come out of nowhere. I know, but what he did last year is just, I mean, it's, it's unprecedented, right? But you know so, what, though? We had a lot of guys like that. We had Jeremy Hill putting up those kind of numbers. We had C.J. Yeah. Anderson putting up those kind of numbers. It's like, there it's, are guys out there. This is basically like a who are some of your favorite deep, deep sleeper picks right Right, now. but you're talking about a guy who's going to go undrafted and put up those kind of numbers. I mean, if we knew I got, that... I got a be, couple names. If right. we knew that, we'd be drafting these guys, right? Well, well we mean, probably will, though. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> in an expert league, in an expert, we probably will be drafting some of these guys. Alex, you so got like, a couple one, names. one of my guys, he's not going to put up OBJ numbers, obviously, but uh, a guy that's draft, being drafted in like round 16 right okay. now or something, which in standard leagues doesn't exist, yes. so he's going undrafted, is Stevie Johnson. Down in San Diego. Oh, I really love that. Not going to blow up, oh. but he could put up. You could get him off the waivers or in the fifteenth round. And he could probably put up a thousand yards and six to eight touchdowns. I was easily. all excited for a second, and then oh, like this is going to be great. Right, this is going to be amazing. What's wrong with Stevie Johnson? Stevie Tell me what's wrong. Johnson. Uh, Tell me what's wrong. Uh, what, what what has he done? I mean, really, this guy. I mean, he put up three straight years with horrible quarterback play of over a thousand yards. What did he do last year? Touchdowns. Somebody somebody looked this up. He was on the fantasy like <laughs> disaster <laughs> known as. Marcus's 49ers. Sorry, but like everybody yeah. outside of Frank Gore did nothing on that all right. team. All right, so you want a name? I'll give you a name. Give me a name. Nelson Aguilar. Ooh. Nelson okay. Aguilar. Because you look at that Eagles offense, and everybody's already gaga over Jordan Matthews. Understandably, I, I think he's going to be great this okay. year. And I think Nelson Aguilar can certainly pick up the slack, whatever Matthews doesn't get. I mean, I know you look at that, that Eagle offense. They're going to sling it around this year, and I think for all the talk of rookie wide receivers, there's a lot of them that could potentially pr- produce this year. I think Aguilar is the guy that is probably being undervalued a little bit. I'm drafting him in the seventh round. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not live. I was literally doing my top 100, and he's like 70. Wow. All right, so give me a guess. He's amazing. I mean, well, he and he's he's that perfect body type who is just like Jeremy Macklin. Like when you – if they weren't wearing numbers, you would you wouldn't a casual fan wouldn't know the difference that they had switched players. He's very fast. If you're in leagues that give you points for return yards, he's going to benefit you there as well. 
I see him having a monster season. Wow, a monster season. Monster. You know, and, and the Eagles Chip have Kelly, produced. Like, exactly. He, he likes him, and he's very familiar with him. He, he obviously knows a lot about him. I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know for sure, I would imagine Oregon was recruiting him at some point, too, when Chip <laughs> Kelly was there. I would imagine so, yes. It just makes sense. So, And I really, speaking of the Eagles, I'm so high on Jordan Matthews. And, and he's I, great. And I'm, and I'm happy that he's kind of fallen under the radar. But he's that guy that I, I'm really targeting in drafts. Absolutely. I love him. Uh, Sam Bradford right. even. Uh, yeah. I will throw out a name out there. Uh, this is oh, super, my name. super, super deep. But I've been talking about Buck Allen, Javoris Allen up in Baltimore. Uh, and I hate to say it because I think he's going to bypass Justin Forsett, my guy from Cal. But the way Buck Allen ran in college, man, he was, I mean, just a beast. Um and I see him in that offense. Uh, I see him as a great fit, a great compliment. Um, and I could see him taking over that starting job at some point. Uh, Buck Allen is a guy I, I want the people who are listening to this fantasy pod, I want them to at least circle his name. If you're not taking him in the 15th, at least watch for him and flag him on that waiver wire. He's a guy, he's a very interesting name. Um, and, I, and I really like his talent level and I really like his situation as well. All right, it is time. Wait, hold on a second. I got one more name. Sorry. Uh, Matt Golden uh, is asking, will Joe Flacco be a top seven fantasy quarterback? Uh, Playing under Tressman should raise his stats. We'll stay in Baltimore, I guess. Uh, Adam Rank, we'll start with you. Can Joe Flacco be a top seven fantasy quarterback? No. Next. Next. No. No. (laughs) No, I I like the sentiment. I like where his head's at. I like him. Yeah, Mark Tressman. It's one of the – I mean, again, it's going to be one of those situations where he could end up paying off for you in daily fantasy leagues where he will be a – a great value most weeks, but I, I look at his receiving core and I look at the way that even though Tressman is a great offensive coordinator, I don't I don't see the prolific numbers. Tressman also we, just came out and said that they're going to emphasize the run a lot. Yeah. So well, and add to it that last season Jay Cutler with better wide receivers wasn't a top seven fantasy quarterback. That's a very good point there. All right, but Joe Flacco. I, mm. I like it. Listen, uh, like it's, good quarterback. There's very. It's the some it's, might say it's elite. the opposite. It, it's the opposite. <laughs> but it, but look yep, at this. him and Andy Dalton. But it's his playoff numbers that makes him so great. Right. He's clutch when it counts. I don't know. Top seven. I mean, it, and that's the thing with top seven. Quarter, top seven. I mean, if you want to go the two, what Rogers, Rogers, Rogers Luck, 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 Wilson, Roethlisberger, okay, Manning. Romo, Manning, Manning, Breeze. I mean, uh, these are all people that Flacco would have to beat out still. Matt Manning, Ryan. I. I if I may have, I don't know if I'll ever Damn. be invited back. Manning, <laughs> Manning's not going to be good. You know the thing about Peyton Manning I'm very right. interested in is remember when baseball put a crackdown on HGH uh-huh. and then or steroids and everything, and all the home run numbers came down. Uh-huh. I'm very interested to see what happens to a lot of quarterback numbers now that they're paying attention to the inflation levels of football. <laughs> and who who was the who was the uh, who was the uh, control freak? who helped co-sign the legislation that Tom Brady pushed through about registering the PSI for footballs. Oh, it was Peyton Manning. You don't think that he – you don't think that the guys who work for the Broncos knew how Peyton Manning likes the balls inflated? Yeah, most of those quarterbacks do it before the game. We don't need to get into that, but all those guys are still going to do it. They're still going to be the balls up changing. Anyways, this is oh we should get God. to Daily Daps. All right, let's here. go do Daily Daps. All right, it's time for your daily daps. It's basically just giving someone props for the week. Uh, Adam Rank, we'll start with you. Who are you giving daily daps to, my man? I 
am going to say that I'm not prepared for this. Okay, great. We're going to start with Marcus <laughs> Grant. Marcus Grant, daily daps. Uh, you know what? I'm giving a shout-out to Kermit the Frog. What? Because Kermit the Frog's <laughs> back on the market again, man. He's out. He's uh, He may be hitting tender soon. I don't know if you saw this. But Kermit and Miss Piggy, after 40 years, basically, okay. they uh, they are having a, consci- a conscious uncoupling, Okay, what? I guess. Uh, yeah, they're no longer an item. And I really felt like all these years she was kind of dominating and a little bit overbearing. Might and I felt true. like Kermit was just a laid-back frog just trying to make it in this big city. You know so he now could, he could do better. Now he's out there. He's a big celebrity. There's okay. all sorts of young starlets here in Hollywood. Sure. Like, I am bigging up Kermit the Frog. Okay, I like it. Daily daps to Kermit the Frog. Alex Gelhar. Uh My daily dap is going to go out to the uh, city of Santa Barbara's Funk Zone, where what? they have the urban wine trail and a lot of oh, art yeah. and other things like that. I was there this weekend oh, with Lady, and it was a great time. So oh, that sounds awesome, man. Daily dap to the Santa Barbara Funk Zone. Okay, I'm going to go daily daps to uh, a guy by the name of Brandon Armstrong. He's this NBA impersonator, B.A.5 on Twitter, if you want to follow him. He just came out today with a, an awesome Kobe Bryant impersonation. And if you follow him on Vine, he's got, man, he's got some funny videos. But, um, but beyond the basketball, he actually does a really, really, really good Drake impersonation. Ooh. So go find that. Uh, his name is B.A.5. And he is unbelievable. If you play any kind of pickup basketball, this dude is so funny. Now, I, if, I'm trying to remember. If, if, I find, if this is the same guy, I believe he is from my hometown of Vallejo, California. Oh, there is a, no a Brandon Armstrong from Vallejo who made it to the NBA. Now, I don't know if it's Brandon Armstrong is a fairly common name. <laughs> uh, but he was from Vallejo, California. Okay. Pepper and I made it to the NBA for a quick minute. Interesting. Um, I'm wondering if it's the same guy. It may be. I'm not exactly sure. But daily daps to Brandon Armstrong. B dot A dot. Daily daps to Vallejo. Absolutely. California. Okay. I am I'm prepared now. Okay. okay. Hit me. I'm gonna say John Stewart, who is stepping down as the host of the Daily Show. Okay. For a lot of our millennials back there pushing the buttons, they right. do not realize that this guy changed the way that news is presented. And it's kind of funny because I remember being a young lad working at the Irvine Improv many years ago when he was a regular, just the stand, like the regular headliner who would huh. come twice, three okay. times a year. One of the funny, his stand-up's amazing. I remember the Dr. Katz. If you can go back and YouTube that stuff, go look it up. So it's going to be, a, it, we're going to be in for a, a, a bit of a change now without him there. I think it's going to be one of those things, much like Letterman stepping down. Right. Uh, earlier this year, it's one of those things where you never really imagined what life was going to be like without him. And now, I don't know that I want to see it. No Stewart, no Colbert. What, what am I going to do for news? Colbert will be. I don't there. know, but he will be doing news. Yeah, he's not doing news. Is what John I'm Oliver will be picking up the pace. There you go. Too. There you go. Last week tonight. Oh, I'm going to give him daily daps for. Did you see the song that they for the state like no. trying to get Washington D.C. to be? Go check out last week tonight. Okay. This week's was amazing. All right, so that's going to do it for the Fantasy Show, the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Ran a little long, but it's all good. Adam Rank in the house, Marcus Grant, and the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gellhar. I'm James Coe. We're out of here. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, 
you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.